the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the London Free Press Podcast, first episode of 2022. And it's going to be a good one because there is something everyone is talking about. Uh, first of all, I'd like to welcome back London health reporter, Jennifer Beeman. Jen, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me. Since you are on the podcast, if people haven't already guessed in the first 30 seconds of what we're doing here, uh, we got to talk Corona, the Corona. That's where I'm at right now. I try, I have to laugh and kind of poke fun because if I don't, I might cry. Um, Things have taken a drastic turn yet again. Um, And I think some of us maybe saw this coming. And I think there's a lot of frustrations that have gone on with other aspects of this. Um, January, obviously never a good month. It's cold in Canada. People move indoors. The new variant, Omicron, has been spreading like wildfire, like nothing we've seen in the last almost two years of the pandemic. Um, So first, I think we need to kind of address, we're going to touch on the lockdown, which is not called a lockdown. Um, But let's talk about the hospitals to start, um, because we are seeing crazy spikes in admissions there. What are the numbers like today? So we've got 63 patients at LHSC with COVID, uh, just 10 in ICU, which is not as high as it's been, which is good, but you know, 63 is not a good number. That number has nearly tripled in the last week. So, you know, we've had Omicron in London since about December 6th was when the, was when the health unit dropped the bomb and said, Hey, it's here, but it would have been circulating a little bit before the health unit, you know, notified everyone about it. Uh, and it's really taken off. I mean, our, our case counts here have reached records just before Christmas um, and kind of in that week between Christmas and new year's. Now they're not even a great measure anymore because we're not doing the level of testing that would get us those kind of massive numbers. So really it's, it's all eyes on hospitals and it's not just LHSC feeling the, the strain, like across the region, other hospitals to even smaller ones in Chatham, they transferred some patients out of their ICU just to kind of build some space. Woodstock has patients and St. Thomas and, and lots of other ones too. So Uh, it's kind of a dark time for hospitals. I think complicating the big factor here, even though they're not these massive numbers we saw in the third wave, a lot of their staff are out sick with COVID or at least just off work isolating because they're positive. And, you know, at LHSC, it's like more than 250 now um, that that are just out of work. So that's putting a lot of strain on things too. Something else that I want to touch on, obviously healthcare professionals have just been tirelessly working for almost two years now. Um, But another concern as a member of the public is we are now seeing non-emergency surgeries canceled as a result. Um, So what are healthcare professionals saying? Because obviously like stress is at max level, um, but I'm, and I'm healthy, so I feel fortunate, but I know people who have had surgeries canceled, who have been waiting nine months, a year. What's going on with regards to that? So I got to say that was one thing that really upset me last week during that announcement when they said the restrictions are coming. I don't know. I just didn't really see it taking that much of a turn. And then straight up, they were with directive to cancel all non-emergency surgeries. Now, I mean, if you, if you need something emergency, they'll, they'll get it for you. But these are orthopedic surgeries for people living in pain, hip and knee replacements, epilepsy surgeries, things that 
can wait, but maybe shouldn't. I mean, those are terrible things to live with. And, and we're already dealing with interruptions from other waves. Um, first wave, obviously. Second wave, hospitals had to kind of reserve capacity. They were still ticking along, but they had to keep a certain number of beds open. Uh, and, you know, I mean, the third wave last spring was just a complete cancellation again. So they've been, you know, hospitals have been struggling to kind of catch up on this backlog. And then to have this again was just really really difficult. So the hope would be that it won't last too long, but I mean, I, I can't imagine being a patient that's, you know, trying to, you know, get their surgery and has had to wait that long or not know if they're going to have their surgery or anything like that. So it's really, it's upsetting that we're at that point in Ontario where they need to cancel these to build room in the system for the Omicron crash. Do we think that that is going to continue beyond January 27th. Again, they're not calling it a lockdown, but things have kind of been put on hold. Uh, we're going to talk about students in a minute um, because again, two weeks, I don't believe that's going to be a thing. Um, but yeah, what I, I just, there's so much here to unpack. I, I feel like the second that the premier said we are stopping PCR testings um, unless you fit into a certain group stay home and isolate. Um, but do we expect, is anybody saying anything? Is Dr. Alex Summers saying anything beyond January 27th, or is it just kind of, it's too early right now. It's too soon. We need to wait and see. You know, well, medical officer Kieran Moore said last week, they're expecting kind of a real spike and then kind of a, a drop. And we've sort of seen that in South Africa where Omicron emerged. They've, they've seemed to have had a really big spike and then kind of a, a rapid drop off. So maybe that's something we can hope for. Now, I, I got to be honest, like, I'm not an expert in any of this, but having watched and covered for, you know, nearly two years, this pandemic, uh, coming up on actually almost two years to the day since our first case here in January of 2020. Um, I, I mean, timelines, COVID laughs at our timelines. So would I take the bet that we'll be out of this in three weeks by the end of January? I mean, I, I don't, I think really like, how do we know that we don't have a crystal ball? And the one thing we do know is that, you know, not, nothing's ever really easy with this. And, and I don't think that it's the first sign of things improving. The government will just lift everything. That's not the business they've been in typically. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is sticking around a little bit beyond the 21st. Before we touch on students and schools, um, I had briefly just mentioned about PCR testing not being available to almost anybody, unless you fit into a niche group. Um, but the rats, the rapid antigen tests, the hottest commodity leading into Christmas, like there was no hotter item people were trying to get their hands on. Um, and if you're listening to this and you are desperate for some, um, I don't know, I guess keep your elbows up. Masonville Mall, Thursday and Friday morning at 9 a.m. will have some until they are out. Um, but uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced earlier today that uh, 140 rats are going to be available. The interesting thing about this is that they are being distributed to the provinces and then the premiers of the provinces and territories will be responsible. Um, what do we think is going to happen with this, Jen? I like playing the guessing game with you. <laughs> right. Well, the provinces said that they're not going to be, it's not a, a rapid test free for all anymore. I think they're really trying to conserve those. We need them for hospitals. If we're trying to do tests to stay for people that are exposed, um, that's a strategy so that we don't have scores, more people off of work um, that are exposed, rapid test them, keep them on the job. 
I, I don't know how many will trickle down to the general public. I feel like kind of the bonanza on rapid tests we saw pre-Christmas is probably something of the past. Although the the uh, Masonville mall thing's kind of great, or well, I mean, really great for the people that get them. I can't imagine those will stick around for very long. Yeah, no, absolutely. They went super fast before Christmas when they were dropped off at some LCBO locations in the city. Um, obviously, healthcare is priority because we're seeing it ra- um, run through staff members, nurses, and doctors there. But we also need to talk about students. So kids right now, and honestly, my heart goes out to any parent with kids at home. Um, I know online learning is just less than ideal. And I know a lot of kids have struggled with this. I know parents working from home have struggled with this. Just not a good situation in general. Um, But do we expect any more rats to be distributed amongst students? Because there's been a lot of discussion about the filters in school, and that's what's supposed to be implemented during these two weeks. I just, I don't, there's just so many what ifs, right, Jen? I mean, two weeks with an asterisk and two weeks. Sure. All right. We'll say two weeks. Um, I I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll be three. Who knows? Uh, The province is making its rapid test strategy targeted. So to healthcare, to places that they can, you know, long-term care and things, but also schools potentially as well, teachers and staff. So I I think we're going to be seeing those 140 million rapid tests from the feds really used in a more strategic way. Um, so maybe in schools, certainly that would be a help. Anything we can do to mitigate risk in schools is important. I really hope they take this two weeks asterisk uh, to do things that kind of kind of make that better because it really needs to be a priority. And I, I don't think, I, I feel for any parent out there that was really hoping to kind of keep their kids in school full time, not just because online learning is a pain, but just the quality of education and online learning is just not there. There's a lot of reasons keep kids in school in person. And um, I really hope for a swift kind of end to that and maybe a strategy moving forward so that we don't have to resort to this kind of like writ large shutdown um, to protect our system. Quality of education and quality of life. I know a lot of kids have been struggling. Like it's such a social thing um, for social development for kids as well. So um, yeah, two weeks asterisk. We will see. Um, I just want to loop back quickly to the hospitals with regards to the number of admissions. How many are in the ICU um, and how many of those people do you have the VAX numbers? Don't have VAX numbers on the ICU, but, um, you know, it's it's 10 at LHSC, which is, I mean, we don't want any of the ICU, but 10 is not something that is a record breaker. It's uh, nowhere near the 40 plus we had in the third wave. Um, so not greatest but again it's it's nowhere near the records um you know it's cases are happening in vaccinated and boosted people they're usually milder that's the real kind of silver lining i guess omicron is that for most people who are otherwise healthy and vaccinated it's a pretty mild or you know reasonable illness to have i guess but the danger is the population level kind of risk that it poses and we're seeing that in our hospitals now. And, you know, I guess we'll have to just kind of ride it out, see how January goes and hope for a better February. I think there's been a lot of argument amongst the vaxxed versus unvaxxed communities um, with regards to are they working? Why are fully vaxxed and boosted people catching Omicron? Um, but we are seeing deaths significantly less. We are seeing ICU admissions significantly less. I guess my next thing is though, where's the line? If we are seeing 
milder cases in some, and obviously there will always be outliers, and I am not downplaying the severity of catching COVID. I've been fortunate I've not had it throughout the pandemic. I know several people who have had, some have fared better, better, some have fared worse. But where do we think that line is if most people, if the province is now saying, you know what, just stay home if you're not feeling well, assume that you have it because you can't get tested. Where is the line? When does this end? I mean, we, we don't really know. I think a lot of people thought that when we'd have such a highly vaccinated population that we could have avoided such a thing. But, um, you know, people are frustrated, certainly. I mean, even in my own life, I didn't really expect another lockdown. That, wasn't, that was not something that was on my like wish list of things. Um, even experts are kind of frustrated too. They want to see sort of an end game or an idea of kind of how we manage COVID moving forward without endangering our system, but also while keeping, you know, not depriving people of, of surgery. It's not depriving kids of a quality in-person education, not depriving businesses of their livelihoods. And so um, there really does need to be sort of a forward-looking discussion about how we manage this risk, how we kind of learn to live with it, and how we kind of identify emerging issues in COVID. Omicron, you know, was not something we anybody knew about in September, but certainly by November, it was being reported in South Africa. It was here in early December. We're here in January in a full shutdown, not full, but, you know, lot of things shut down and you know it won't be the last variant certainly there'll be others and so really it it does seem like there needs to be a lot of thinking and discussion and planning about kind of what we do in the future to mitigate and and kind of live with this or at least move beyond this kind of blunt shutdown phase of the pandemic response Absolutely. Um, I really appreciate your time. I know every time we talk before we record, we just kind of touch base, how you keep and how you doing. And I know this has been daunting and I know people love to attack the media and journalists and call us fear mongers. And it's really not the case. We just try and bring the information forward that's being passed along and do our due diligence and reporting that. And so just wanted to say thank you so much for all of your insight and information. I know I kind of put you on the spot a little bit today, but I do really appreciate it. It was really nice to see you. That was a plus. (laughs) Yes, nice to see you too. Thanks for having me. I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon as this is ever evolving and ever changing. Um, And again, the two week asterisk. So maybe we'll be talking sooner than later. We'll see. Um, But until then, thanks again, Jen. And um, again, if you're enjoying these podcasts and you haven't subscribed, maybe that's your New Year's resolution. I don't know. We're streaming on all major platforms. Hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified as soon as a new episode comes out. They are out every single Thursday. And we really appreciate you being here. So we'll talk again next Thursday with the LF Press Podcast. Until then, stay well. Stay well.